Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. back baby episode 96 96 man are we are we going to finish are we going to get to 100 before the end of this year unlikely is it already already weeks have we got left in the year man this year's the old calendar calendar wednesday one two three oh we might get to episode 100 by the end of this year what an achievement, guys. What an achievement. Um, started this podcast. I, I think like most things in our recent period of life, I feel as if, <clears throat> full disclosure, full disclosure, I was listening to um, an old Joe Rogan podcast yesterday, which I do from time to time, uh, depending on the guest's. You know, cause sometimes the guess I'm like, ah, you know, that's a bit, it's a bit much to listen to that for four and a half hours, you know. But um, I was listening to a guy, uh, Robert Schuch, I think his name is. Uh, I don't know if he has any any Scottish connections with a name like 
Shech. Or it could be Shockock, uh, in which case he's a Nazi. Uh, and then no no Scottish at all. But the uh, the conversation was about in ancient Egypt. <clears throat> I urge you to go and listen to it if you if you haven't. It's uh, it's very it's very interesting. It um ties in a little bit with COVID. Does it, Gabo? It does, in the sense that science 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 it's just some bloke going here. Listen, I tell you, see if you stick that in there. Science. My point being, my point being that. What is your point, Gimbal? My point is that nobody really knows anything. That's my point. My point is nobody really knows anything, right? This this guy, he's a he's a sphinx expert. Uh, that's the big cats, not your asshole. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to have to apologise about this throat and the coughing uh, early on. Um, I think the the good lady's been ill for on and off for a couple of weeks. Um, I thought it was just uh, nagging, but it turns out she's got a bit of a cold, and I feel that that cold has now been passed to uh, me. Even though I'm double jagged and I thought I was immune against everything, it seems as though the common cold cannot be stopped, and it's going back with a vengeance. You know, the colds are two years off. The common cold, the flu, if you will, has had two years off. You know, it's it's angry. The cold is angry. The flu is angry. It has been killing pensioners for decades, for decades. The flu and the cold have been teaming up over the festive period and brutally murdering pensioners. The silent killer. God knows how many tens, if not hundreds of thousands, did I suggest millions of pensioners the cold and the flu have taken in their prime chopped them down a ripe spry 86 year old kabam gets the flu and they're dead removed from the loving embrace of their families over the years how many eh with the adverts on the television, you know, this is this is how much uh, the British society is, how fucked it is. We've got to put adverts on the television. The only way that they can get a message across, can it come from government? It cannot come from a local authority. God forbid it was printed in a paper by an actual journalist, because they don't exist anymore. It's got to be put on the fucking dumb box in the corner and the advert can't even be as simple as listen it's fucking Baltic out there isn't it well see if you're an old cunt and you're living on a diet of white bread and fucking jammy dodgers well you're even colder because there's not a bit of fat on your frail skeleton so this Christmas why not go and <laughs> why not go and visit one of the old cunts in your family? Who knows? You might even get written into the will, and then the next advert is for like a, a lawyer's office that does power of attorney. You know, in case they're going a wee bit senile, fucking get their money before they lose the money, right? And then after that's uh, the court funeral directors bury the bastard for two grand a month. That's the power of advertising, but can it be as simple as that? We've got to do things like 
TV adverts where it goes, listen, have you ever looked at your window because you're a right nosy fucking cow and you see the old Mrs. McGregor at number 14 and she's got three milk bottles sitting out there and you think, what the fuck's that cow up to? She's trained to be a barista? I don't think so. She's dead! She's dead! She's died. Do you know who's the most heartless bastard in that whole story? The fucking milkman. That's right. He doesn't get a fuck if she's dead. He'll keep bringing the milk. She can have 42 bottles of milk on that fucking doorstep. That bastard doesn't care. If the cow gets milked, I'm bringing the fucking milk. <clears throat> Family in turmoil, you know? They've got to fly over from Canada. Canada. They said they, they, they tried to bring her over to Toronto years ago. She wasn't having it, you know? I, I was born in Castle Milk. I'll die in Castle Milk, son. Desperate. To get his mother over there to see her grandchildren on a daily basis, look after, give her a better standard of living, a better standard of living in fucking Canada than she can get here in Scotland. And the only way they finally realise that there's a fucking rotten corpse behind that door is because her entire front path is covered in milk bottles. And somebody for the Tate Modern comes in and goes, this is a very beautiful piece talking about the uh, dairy industry and uh, post-World War II Britain and how the two have met head on. Like, There's a pensioner dead in there, cunt! Dead pensioner! And a greedy milkman! You know? Family's having to settle their affairs, go through all belongings, then they got a bill for fucking 14 grand for all the milk that's been, been brought in for the last two months. Well, what it is, son, it says, is, is, uh, was it your mother? I'm sorry for your loss, you know, she was one of our best customers. Uh, come rain or shine, she always, <laughs> she always ordered the milk now. Obviously, turns out she's been dead for fucking four and a half years and we kept bringing the milk. But listen, if they don't cancel it, we bring the milk. That's a policy, it's in the uh, terms and conditions. Uh, she was a gold top every Saturday, two bottles of orange juice as well, so that's uh, £42,000 yours. Even cheaper buying a fucking cow. Anyway, um, we've gone off. We've gone off on a tangent. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what are we talking about? How do you start talking about ancient Egypt and then go off to a pensioner who's died um, as her milk subscription piles up in the front porch? I do not know. But hey, this is this is why you listen to this podcast, you know? And if you are listening now, um, make sure you like and subscribe, as the kids say. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, however, um, whatever platform you use it on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Stitcher, that kind of thing. I mean, let's be honest, if you're not listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I mean, what are you listening to on, you fucking weirdo? So get on Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, even, listen, see if you've got an iPhone and you listen to it on Spotify, that's fair enough, but just get on Apple Podcasts and just hit subscribe and leave a five-star review, just leave a five-star review, just put five stars and just put fucking brilliant, that's it. If you can't think of anything to say, just put... Fucking brilliant. But if you really are a fan and you enjoy it, just take some time, man. But just make sure it's five stars. That's it. And see if you're sitting going, I'm going to leave the big man a review, but I only think it's a four star. Stick up your ass. Keep your reviews. They're fucking they good to know, man. This is the world we live in, right? Everybody gets a game. No man left behind. What's that? 
all this fucking bollocks. You can be whatever you want to be, John. Nonsense. But that's the world we live in. In that world, Apple only recognises five-star reviews. So get the five-star. Now, if you listen to it on Spotify, then help the big man out. Go to Spotify, subscribe to the show, and uh, fucking leave a review. Can you leave a review on Spotify? I'm looking around this uh, empty studio. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at my exercise, exercise bike. Can you leave a five-star review on Spotify? Does he know? Does he know? Because he's an exercise bike. Can I talk? And if he did talk, we would be in problems. You know, it's bad enough we sit here talking to ourselves for an hour at a time. Uh, three times a week. Three times a week, man. Podcasting three times a week is uh, it's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot of words, you know. Anyway, we're, 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 it's got a bit weird early on. We're only 10 minutes in, it's getting weird. So let's very slowly and professionally rein this back in. But please do subscribe. Um, thank you also to all of you who had sent me the, the wee screenshots for the uh, the Spotify thing. Some kind of unwrapped, I think it's called. And to those of you who uh, listen to the podcast or who the, the podcast was on your, your top list, thank you very much indeed. Legends. Legends, everyone. It's lovely. It's nice. Um, so, ancient Egypt, right? <clears throat> this boy is a, he's a, a sphinx specialist. Easy for you to say. He um, specialises in ancient Egyptian cat arseholes. Uh, a, technical term is a, a sphinctologist or a sphincter. <coughs> a sphinctologist. <laughs> what, what is he, Armando? He's a sphinctologist, hen. Aye, it's, uh, it's the study of cats' assholes. That's what it is. It's one of the reasons why me and him got together, actually. It's my assholes, like, delicious wee cats' assholes. <laughs> a delicious? Why did I say the word delicious there? Anyway, <clears throat> he's not a sphinctologist. That's not a real thing. Um, but he is, uh, as a Egypt, Egyptologist? I don't know. Basically studying ancient Egypt. His his point being that he believes the uh, the Sphinx, uh, which is the big cat, and the Sphinx Temple, which is built beside the big cat and beside the pyramids, um, actually dates back to almost 12,000 BC. Far older than... Um, most scientists would argue that the date of the pyramids were, were built. And his... his Oh, Alexa, I'm going to have to unplug you, Hen, because I can't have you, I can't have you interrupting me. I'm getting heckled off Alexa. <clears throat> it's... Um, what was I saying? The idea that the parts of ancient Egypt mostly talking particularly about the Sphinx, and indeed the Pyramids, because it goes into a little bit of depth about how it would almost be impossible for the Pyramids to be built. Now, what I thought it was going to go down the road of is there was aliens, Joe Rogan, and aliens came in, and they fucking were full of DMT, right, and uh, eating elk meat, and they built the Pyramids. Because see, if you take four grams of DMT with six grams of elk meat injected into your eyeballs, you can lift 14-ton rocks and build the Pyramids. But it didn't. It basically starts to talk about the idea of the the planet Earth, the planet you live on, being in cycles, okay, and in particular the sun being in a in a cycle, a cycle, because as you know the sun is a star, as we all know, <clears throat> and he talks about the life cycle of a star, and how people when they when they think about time, the idea to us that something is a hundred years old is ancient because that is 
primarily the cycle of your life. It's unlikely someone will live to be 100 years of age, although that is changing every more than science and technology. But if you have something that's 100 years old, to you that is very old, ancient, unbelievable. You can't imagine it's been around for 100 years because it's unlikely you will be around for 100 years. Geologists, these scientists, the people who are studying ancient cultures, ancient civilizations, 100 years to them is a fucking face of piss. It's nothing. They're talking about thousands of years old, tens of thousands, etc., etc. So to them, time features differently from us. And he talks about the idea that there would have been an ancient civilization who would have had advanced technology. And again, it's understanding the words that they use because to us in modern times, when we talk about technology, we think about almost the mindset of Duncan Bantine. If it's got a plug on it, you can fuck right off. When we talk about technology, we think that if it isn't electrical or it doesn't plug in, it's not technology. So, for example, a microphone, technology, computers, technology, <clears throat> cars, running battery, combustion engines, technology, that kind of thing, right? This is what we think about when we say technology. Electric tin opener, right? Technology, colour television, it's like a generation game now, right? Technology, technology, technology. But technology is also things like a pencil, a ballpoint pen, you know? An alloy wheel. <laughs> what else? Anything, right? Technology. So when you start to think of it in that sense, you understand that anything that is built, I suppose, for human advancement can be classed as technology. If you have a way of moving an object that uses less power, will it be the invention of a wheel that is technology? So it's it's understanding that idea. So when we when they talk about these scientists that there could have been or there likely was an ancient culture who had advanced technology. They're no meaning that someday 10,000 BC was sitting with an iPad. They're just meaning that they were an advanced race of people. And that is their thinking. They take that from the way in which the Sphinx has been built, the way in which it's been manipulated. They also look at, and I don't know the full terminology for it, but they also look at weather patterns and how the the rocks themselves and the, and the buildings have been affected over the years and they talk about this cosmic cycle being that the sun has gone through a state where it has i don't want to say it died and been born but it's been it's gone through a, a traumatic state in its cycle as a, as a star this is the sun they're talking about <clears throat> and he was talking about plasma explosions and things that have happened to the sun and they, they look at erosion on the rock and there was some logic from, or some theories from certain scientists or people within the scientific uh, community that felt that the erosion on the rocks and the pyramids and the, and the statue of the Sphinx itself has been from flooding because obviously there is um, hard evidence to suggest at that time or at a certain time in, in, in history where the pyramids are built within Egypt in the eastern point of the Sahara, there, there would have been flooding, there would have been points where that would have been, you know, lush wetlands or vegetation or animals, whereas now it's a desert. But back back in the day, it would have been flourishing. And, and their scientific research shows that the way in which water would erode rock based on flooding is completely different from how the erosion is taking place here, which would imply 
it would be rainfall, heavy rainfall, heavy rainfall over a period of time. And their logic being that these mass explosions of the sun, these plasma explosions, would have sent, I mean, biblical, and it's odd that we use the word biblical, but biblical thunderstorms down the earth. Like, like thunderstorms you can't even imagine. So powerful, so strong, that when they had impacted with the ground, it would have destroyed any vegetation. If there had been water, if there had been like a, a river or a small lake, as soon as these lightning bolts hit, it would have evaporated the water. And that evaporation causes two things. Instant destruction to the land, but the vapour then rises and it causes horrendous rain. Like Again, interesting to use the word biblical, but biblical rain. And this could have gone on for hundreds of years because, again, their, their timelines that they're working on are, are different than ours. And when they got on to it, so he's got into all this depth about how these things could have happened, how the civilizations could have been wiped out, how the cycle of the sun has changed over the years, and also, interestingly, how we are at the period where we are at just now, where we're dealing with crazy storms, you know, extreme weather patterns, and how the sun is affecting that. And not that even the guy said himself, not that he is like a, you know, he's not try, like a scaremonger and he's not saying, listen, it's going to happen again, the sun's going to kill us. But it's it's interesting to consider that humanity at this point has the idea that it is the most advanced, the most perfect version of itself and nothing really can stop us. And even if there is, you know, extreme weather, like we're seeing recently, or there's going to be continued extreme weather, we will find a way to stop it. Whereas their understanding, and to a certain extent, some of their evidence shows that there was, you know, civilizations before who probably thought the same thing. Now, Joe Rogan at this point, and it's a good episode because Joe Rogan doesn't speak for an hour. He jumps in and asks the guy, why are so many people trying to discredit your findings? And the answer is simple. It is the church. That's it. <clears throat> And when you actually start to think about the power that the church holds in modern society, maybe maybe particularly not now, although it'll be a different power because it'll be more of a financial power. But go back a hundred years and think of the power of the church. Go back fifty years and think of the power of the church. Think what the church has been through. If you were able to prove that an ancient advanced civilization not only existed before the death of Christ, but existed 12,000 years before that. A, a, a highly intelligent, highly skillful, resourceful, advanced culture and civilization existed thousands of years before the birth and death of Christ. How would that impact on the church? Vastly, and again, going back to that idea that they want you to believe that this is the best version of ourself. They, they want us to believe that since Christ, or Jesus, I don't really, I'm not a religious person, I don't know that much about it. I know there was a guy called Jesus, right? And he was jumping about, doing magic tricks and all that. Uh, this is before Britain's Got Talent, and then some cunts like, I hear you, wallop, wallop, deed, right? And uh, I mean, I've heard the Conley stuff. But since that point to now, there's always been an advancement. 
you know, we've effectively came from living in stone houses in the desert to where we are now, sitting podcasting with fucking Mac computers that don't work properly and iPads, right? So there's always been a progression in mankind. How would the church feel if you're like, listen, see, before all this fucking nonsense, there was cunts back then, man, building pyramids, mate. I mean, it's... I'm not. I'm not doing it justice because the guy uses some pretty big words on it. But it's a. It's a very, very interesting podcast episode, and you should listen to it. What? What number is it? I've not even got. The, I can't. I'll. I'll. I'll try and find it, and uh, I'll stick it up if I can. I'll put it. I'll post it up. That what number it is. But it's. It. It just makes you think. And it's a da- it's a dangerous thing, man, because it's it really does make you think about mortality and make you think about you know starts to question what's out there, what's out there, mate? what's out there, what is it here, what's out there, starts to question stuff like that. Do you think? I I I I certainly have never thought that there is a possibility that our time on this planet could end. I've never thought that. Even stuff like you know, COVID and uh, different um, viruses that have happened over the year, like Ebola. I mean, when that first happened, I, I did think to myself, fucking hell, this is pretty full on, man. Even though you get billionaires fucking going into space and we're going to Mars and we're pushing further afield and we're talking about that the planet's dying and, you know, COP26 and climate change and everything you do. Even even with all the, the fear and the scaremongering that goes on, and I know that a very big part of that is, is in the media, and I, I also am fully aware that a lot of that is because they want you to spend more money because Christmas is coming. I get that. But I've genuinely never once thought or allowed myself to believe that there is actually a chance the planet is dying or there is actually a chance that our time is up. I've never re- ever really thought that until I listened to this guy. <laughs> Until I listen to this guy. No, I don't think it's within my lifetime, but there is a possibility as everything moves in cycles that you know, there is a chance that the you know, the sun just goes, listen, fucking no chance, and just wipes wipes his <laughs> I don't know. You're listening to the Scott Gibson podcast. Uh find Lord God Jesus Christ. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was a very interesting episode and uh it talks about cave paints and all that and plasma explosions in the sky and how it looks like a stick man you know i don't know but it does it looks like a stick man and people would have thought fucking hell is god god's in the sky you know the wee cave paintings you know i also heard a thing as well but certain cave paintings that they found in uh, i think argentina um it may have been egypt as well they couldn't understand the um hieroglyphics so they had people in to translate them, and they just couldn't understand this certain section of it. And it wasn't until someone was in doing research later on, and they had like a local guide in who had made a fire in the cave, because obviously they, they didn't want to have any of the gas lamps or, 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 or put any kind of permanent fixtures for lighting, so they just had a small fire burning. And it's probably like a local guide or a young boy yelling a pound. Yeah, you'll give you a pound an hour if you keep that fire going. Mad Yankees coming down to look at the caves, mate. Just keep the fire going. So the young boys started the fire. So they had a bit of warmth in the cave while they were working and a bit of light. And it wasn't until they, they lit the fire that they realised that it, this part of the cave wasn't hieroglyphics. This was almost the entertainment hub. 
the uh, the DVD rental space because the pictures that were on the wall were very odd and nothing that they'd seen before. But when the flame had came from the fire, when you looked at it through the heat, the, the way the fire interacts with the wall and the way the light moves off the rock face, the images start to move. They start to, to shake almost like... I think the way they described it was, you know when people do a picture book and they flick through it and it's like a wee stick man? It was almost like that, like it was moving. There was movement in it. And you're like, how fucking smart are these people? <laughs> Nana? So maybe there was an ancient ancient civilization, 10,000, 12,000 years before Christ. Because then, then I start to think about things. Like, I'm not a religious person at all. Right? I don't believe in God at all. I think there was a guy, probably back in the old days, called Jesus, you know? And he was like uh, a modern-day uh, fucking uh, X-Factor, right? What's what they called? What are they called? They're fucking... No boys to men. Boys to men. What are they called? Harry Styles, not eh, fuckers. One Direction. Jesus God Almighty. And then the boy's like, I'll make you a star, kid. Stick to me. I'll make you a star. And uh, he's getting it. Tells your stories. Well, my dad's in this guy and he's, he's uh, you know, he's like, he's not happy and all that. And uh, he's got a couple of boys doing here, doing, doing work. Uh, and he's Ten Commandments, you know. Thou shalt not be a cunt and uh, other stuff like that. And uh, here, watch it because I'm, I'm the son of God, mate. And, uh, you know, born in a stable. I really don't know anything about religion whatsoever. But... You know, my interest would be what 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 was the what was the religion of that time? What were their gods? What did they you know praise, worship, and ah, tell us their stories? I don't know. I just find that stuff quite interesting. It just it just makes you think about you know it just makes you think how unimportant in a way life is. Not that life's unimportant, but just how. You know how, fra- how fragile, how fragile everything is. <laughs> this cold has really affected me. Anyway, what an, what an odd start to the episode, you know? Who knows where these things go? This is the joy of podcasting. We fucking press record and it goes off on a mad tangent with pensioners dying with overflowing of milk and uh, some ancient Egyptian guy. But you should listen to it because it's, it's actually very interesting. Right, uh, we've got some questions actually that we uh, that I didn't get to, and um, on the last podcast we did on Sunday um, at the once again, uh, apologies. I cannot, I cannot speak and uh, do something at the same time. But and they say men can't multitask. Well, we can't, we can't multitask. Um, missed out some questions from the Sunday service that was out uh, Sunday, just gone there. Uh, if you're not on the Patreon, if you're not a rascal, consider subscribing. Um, it's best way to support the show, support the podcast, and the only way to get all the content. Um, podcast episode come out every single uh, week, Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how busy I've been. But they come out free every week, so shut your fucking face. And you get an extra podcast, a full extra hour every single week, only for rascals on the Patreon. So if you want to get access to all the content, including comedy albums, there's uh, some specials on there, videos, loads of extra stuff, 
then subscribe to the Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash bigscottgibson or go to my website bigscottgibson.com and follow the links and you can sign up for as little as £4 a month. £1 a week. It's pennies, man. Pound a week, 50p an episode. It's nothing. Do you know what I mean? What other joy can you get for a pound? Two hours of joy a week for a quid. Nowhere. It's a bargain. So patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Uh, support the show and uh, unlock the content. Do it, man. Just do it. Right, questions. Uh, Joy Boy Customs, these are from Instagram. Uh, Joy Boy said, Thoughts on the Insulate Britain morons? Would love to hear Patter on this one. I find them utterly hilarious. Hilarious. The Insulate Britain. I also noticed that the, the, have you seen the woman who tried to run one of them over right now? I would never in, uh, condone violence of any kind uh, unless it's uh, hilarious violence. But, the woman's in the Range Rover, uh, lovely car, and uh, she's trying to get her, her son, her child, to school. And the best thing about it is she's screaming at them, fucking move it away. Now, she's a, an attractive woman, uh, which I think has gone in her favour in this case, because she's effectively had minor celebrity from it. Um, for what I can understand from, from the article that I read, her social media has blown up, uh, very much like her backside, but... She comes in a Range Rover. It's two old women, man. The, the saddest thing about the Insulate Britain people is they all seem to be pensioners or like Sunday church coffee service people. Do you mean coffee morning people? Coffee service? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, coffee morning people. They're all very clean, very cold-looking people, you know? That kind of old Tory. It doesn't matter where you live. Scot Scotland's an amazing country in that it allows you access to every single type of person in society. So no matter what town you live in, what city you live in, you will have a shite whole bit full of junkies and scumbags. And then you'll have a posh fancy bit, right? Full of old white Tories, right? And even if they're no Tories, they are, okay? And even if you're an old rich Tory listener, you're like, I am not a conservative. You are a conservative. You're a Tory. But they just look a certain way. You know, it almost looks as if their clothes don't actually sit on their body. They just kind of hover a couple of mil. Nothing seems to fit them. And they're always very just sad looking. Just kind of like almost a grey. Not even a beige. Beige would be too much. Just like kind of grey, cold, you know, lonely looking people. Even when they're in groups, they just always look really... <laughs> That's insulate Britain. They just look so sad. And I don't get, if I'm honest, I don't actually understand what it is they want. I thought they were trying to build some kind of iron dome over the, the, the whole of the island. We've got to insulate the island. Wrap the border in cotton wool. I think it's something to do with your houses. I think they want all your houses to be insulated. I thought they were. I thought they were. No, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is somebody sitting now in a house that isn't insulated? Freezing their fucking tits off. Surely Insulate Britain would have been better forming a, 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 a like an actual company that, that fits insulation. No? Again, am I, am I wrong here? Is this like the militant branch of fucking CRS? <laughs> Velux Windows, militant branch, Insulate Britain. 
get onto the fucking M8, super glue your bum cheeks to the fucking motorway, and then if anybody tries to run it over, tell them to fit fucking Velux Windies. Right, boss? What's your granny doing? She want to earn 40 quid? She'd love to gaffer. Right, tell her to fucking super glue her pavement slappers to the fucking M74 and tell people to buy Velux Windies. I don't, I don't know. You know? I did like some of the videos when they came rushing out of the bushes on, like, the slip roads and then just super glued themselves. I mean, what? See when the police come in, right? And, now, again, and I'll say this because it's a comedy podcast and, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm joking about these things, but I'm, I'm deadly serious as well. Eventually, Britain had there been a group of young black men those protests, as they call them, would have ended very fucking differently. And you can sit and say that I am part of the problem, or that I'm exaggerating it, or that's not the case, or that the police aren't inherently racist. I am telling you right now, if that was a group of 20 young black men who came busting out the bushes at a slip road and superglued themselves stopping traffic moving, that would have ended very differently. I don't think the police would have cared if they'd fucking bolted themselves to the ground, they would have ripped them from that tarmac and flung them in the back of the van. There should be there should be some kind of legalised force that is able to use, and I know that it would just be pushed to the extreme by certain police, but you can't you can't have pensioners super gluing themselves to the fucking motorway. I'd love to have just been in the meeting. Right, in the church hall where Insulate Britain decided that this was the right thing to do. What we're going to we have to stop the traffic. But don't we want to talk about insulating homes? Yes, but the only way to do this is to stop traffic. Don't you see? I don't see Dorothy. No, you're gonna to have to take a step by step and explain it to me. Right, we are insulate Britain. Yep, understand. Okay, I've got the badge, I've got the jacket, I'm insulate Britain, right? And we want to campaign for every home in Britain to be properly insulated. Right, I'm with you. Okay, insulate, insulate. So the way we do that is, yep, here we go. We super glue ourselves to the motorway. Nope, you've lost me. You've lost me. I don't, I don't get it. You know, and then they were interviewing one guy. I think he'd been cracked by somebody, right? And he's saying he was a GP. And he'd been a GP for 40 years and he'd retired and he was concerned about the way in which the planet was heating up, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, he's clearly an educated man. What what has happened that a time when, you know, he's had a, a, a challenging career, he's had a, you know, he's worked hard all his life. Why why would you not have been enjoying your retirement? You know, why would you not be out there doing what pensioners do, sitting on a cruise ship? You know? Fucking drinking yourself, silly. Instead of super gluing yourself to a bit of tarmac and getting cracked off a fucking builder. What's happened to this man? I don't I don't know. I really honestly the, the insulate Britain people, they've 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 stumped me. Uh I'm trying to even see if they've got a website. I don't think they have a website. I mean, if, how am I meant to take them seriously if they've not got a fucking website? We've got a Wikipedia page. Here we go. Good old wiki. Uh, Insulate Britain. Uh, a series of protests by the group Insulate Britain. 
involving traffic obstructions began on September 13th. Oh, I mean, they should have done it on September 11th. What fucking mental. Blocked M25. Right. Uh, protesters. Background. Here we go. Insulate Britain is an environmental activist group formed by people involved in the global environmental movement, Extinction Rebellion. Ah, uh, stop reading. Don't care. Suck my dick. Fuck off. This is this is just this is rebranding, right? This is what this is. This is Extinction Rebellion, you know. We're we're gonna drive our ships up the Clyde. Aye, aye, fucking good for you. This is a load of pensioners have turned up to Extinction Rebellion. Listen, can we help out? You know, we can still fight even though we're fucking old dead Tories. And they've had to form a branch for the pensioners to get involved in. Extinction Rebellion's like we can't have them on the fuck ship. We can't have that. We can't have them on the orgy boats, driving round, fucking knocking into the back of French fucking shipping trawlers and stopping Japanese whalers while we're all fucking each other and letting our dreadlocks swing about, pretending we're actually trying to fight the planet. All we're doing is stopping off in ports and filling the boat with fucking Sawyer and Johnny's and then we're going to fuck our way around the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Extinction Rebellion. It's just a fucking... <laughs> it's like a swinger sex camp for environmental activists. That's all it fucking is. And they've had a whole lot of pensioners turn up. And they're like, listen, we've got to let them in. He's an old GP, man. The fucking cunt's loaded. Think all the fucking soya beans and bung bung juice we can buy with that. They went, listen, we can't have them on the fuckboat. Right? We've got to find something for these old bastards to do. So they've gone, listen, Agnes, Sandra, Margaret, Get all the fucking prit sticks you can and go and super glue yourself to M25. We're going to call you Insulate Britain. Uh, and what is it we're doing? We're fucking stopping climate change. Okay, okay, son. Happy days. Listen, I'd love to come on the boat with you and get the Japanese uh, whalers. Oh, no, no. You can't come on the boat. No, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no pensioners on the fuck boat. Extinction about. We should have known. Founded uh, with the aim of demanding insulation across the United Kingdom, the group laid out two specific demands for its September protests. The first is that the British government fund insulation to all social housing by 2025. I thought they already did. Who knows? Does this apply in Scotland? Is that why they've not done it in Scotland? Uh, And the second is that by the end of 2021, I mean... It's unlikely. The government must create a plan to fund retrofitting of insulation of all homes in Britain by 2030. Initially, Britain created a parliament petition for the first demand, according to The Guardian. The group, according to The Guardian, I mean, it's just buzzwords to stop reading. The group's demands are in line with the consensus uh, among climate scientists and policy experts that home insulation, including when retrofitted, is an environmental priority, saves money to occupants, and is beneficial to the economy. So, as we read that part, what that tells us is a whole load of ex-Tory pensioners, you know, they maybe don't have the money they once did, or, like most fucking rich old Tories, they don't want to spend their own money. They want it to be your money, the taxpayers. So, they're all living in converted castles and churches and fucking beautiful grand old Victorian uh, Elizabethan fucking country homes, townhouses, manors, whatever. And somebody's come down and went, listen... We can insulate this old fucking home and it's going to cost you 640 grand. They've went, how fucking dare you? So they've super glued their nanny to the fucking M25 in the hope that the government will pay for their house to get fucking insulated. So insulate Britain, suck my fucking banger. 
The reaction, there's a bit here about the reaction. The reaction, obviously, has not been great. The reaction is exactly what you would expect. There is not a person among us who doesn't think we have to do things to save climate change. But do not do, see if you want to protest, fine, protest. But don't fucking stop people getting to their work. Don't stop the normal person going about their day. Because that's when we don't care. I've talked about many things in the past about how people need to engage with the, the common man and woman in the street. If you were to sit down and say to somebody, you know, listen, can we talk to you for a second? We're in Chile, Britain, we're a climate change uh, activist branch of Extinction Rebellion. Or I know, I know, but listen, we're not in the fuck boat. We're actually out here doing some work. We feel that the government should be campaigning or funding every single home in the UK to be fully insulated because it will save you money in electricity bills, which are rising, and actually it helps reduce carbon and climate change, because what it means is less energy is escaping, it means you use less energy to heat your home, so it actually benefits everyone, and if you are in an old property that hasn't been insulated, we can retrofit that, so we can go in and make sure everything's up to standards, and that's what we're campaigning against. Well, that sounds fantastic, son. Where do I sign up? Well, what happens is, we're going to get you to sign up just at the end now. We're going to superglue two pensioners to this road, and you're going to be stuck here for six years. Fuck off, wee man. <laughs> Fuck off, wee man. He's going to get to school, and I've got to get him to take photos of my arsehole to upload to my OnlyFans. Get off the fucking road. That's where you lose them. That's where you lose them. And this woman in the Range Rover, I don't know her name, uh, I can't remember, Try to drive over while they're... I know it's no funny, but it is funny. You hear it going, ow, 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 as she's, <laughs> she's trying to drive over. <laughs> the good bit in the video, if you can find the video, just search like, insulate Britain mum road rage or something like She's screaming, going, I've got to get my son to school. And then next minute, this wee kid just appears at the range and he's like, Aye, I've got to get to fucking school. Obviously not that accent, because they're English. Anyway, uh, insulate, insulate Britain. Absolute mentalist. Uh, Joey Boy, thanks that man. Right, uh, clothlearm16 on Instagram. On your base of choice, what is better, jam and butter or just jam? Also, jam before butter. Or after? What a fucking base of choice. <laughs> I mean, surely, oh, I was going to say, surely you have it in toast. I suppose you could have it on a, on a crumpet, you fucking weirdo. You know? Let's just go with toast, right? Let's just go with standard toast here. Uh, so the base of choice is toast. What is better, jam and butter or just jam? And then this follow-up question. Jam before butter or jam after butter? Well, let me just say this, and obviously when it comes to the, uh, the the concept of food and the idea of food, you know, each to their own, whatever makes you happy. But I will say, I am always a, a butter man. Always butter. Uh, I don't believe in margarine. I don't believe in it. I um, I, I don't, I, I refuse to admit it exists. Okay? I don't, I don't recognise margarine as a as a real thing, uh, it's plastic. It's not real, right? Butter's real. Comes with a, comes with a cue, you know. Then the day hangs to it, they you know they need Harry Potter to it and, and kick it down a flight of stairs and it turns into butter, right? But margarine's made up. It's not real. So n- never marge, right? Not even flora. Stick flora up your ass. It's not real, right? Just have butter. Just buy butter. Just buy it. Just buy butter. See me in the supermarket. You're like, should we get? 
the uh, flora ultralight uh, insulate Britain uh, spread. No, buy butter. Anything that you think's butter and it says spread, don't buy it. Even when you're like, I can't believe it's no butter. I can, because it's no butter. Don't buy it. Just buy butter. There you go, right? Just buy butter and just have less of it. See if you're one of these people who's like, I can't have butter and full fat milk. Good God, man. I'll be the size of a fucking house. Be a house. Because you know what? You'll be a fucking happy house. You'll be a happy house. Okay? Be a happy house. <laughs> be a happy house. You're a big happy fat bastard. And you know what? People will still fancy you. People still love you. People still want to have sex with you. They will. I'm telling you. Okay? So buy butter. And if you're concerned about your weight, just have a wee bit. Just have a wee bit. But buy butter. Anyway. That was a message from the buy butter campaign. Get your toast. Uh, any kind of toast you want, right? It can be sourdough. It can be fancy. It can be a nice, just a white slice. Sometimes I think if you're, if you're having... A topping on your butter, on your on your butter, on your on your toast. I would just go with a standard white, yeah. If you've got a long toaster like myself, hello. Uh, maybe get a full slice of Mother's Pride in there. Oh yes, that's that's why we we should all buy long toasters. If I was first minister, I would uh, have a you know a, an official government uh, legislation. The only long toasters can be sold in Scotland. For the very purpose that it can contain a slice of Mother's Pride. I don't trust people when I go to their house and they have like the, the you know, the four slice toaster that's kind of facing you. Or just a wee, a wee, a wee two slicer. I'm like, who are these people? They have gone out and bought a toaster. Deliberately knowing, fully aware that they'd be unable to get a full slice of Mother's Pride in it. And don't dare, don't you dare, don't you dare say to me, but you can cut the Mother's Pride slice in half, Gibble, and just put two wee halves in. It doesn't taste the same. It doesn't taste the same, and don't try and tell me it does, because it doesn't. If you take a full slice of Mother's Pride and you toast it, it tastes different than having a slice cut in half with two halves toasted. It tastes different. Fact. So get your long toaster, put your slice of Mother's Pride in there. And uh, I'm I'm going if I'm going butter and jam, if that's what I'm doing, I'm going butter first, and then I'm going jam. Okay, no, it's a uh, there's time involved. I'm not going butter then straight into jam. You know, I'm going I'm going butter first, and I'm going butter when the bread's hot as well, warm straight out of the toaster, warm bread because I want that butter to melt in there. You know, and I'm going edge to edge. I'm not scraping out. I'm not having a wee dry bit of bread, dry bit of toast. I'm going butter from edge to edge, right, a good coverage, no over the top, no crazy, no big pools of butter sitting in it, just a nice even spread, right, and then once it's soaked in the bread, I'm getting a big a spoonful of jam, and I use a spoon in my jam because I don't want to cross-contaminate the jam, I, there's nothing I, I, I hate more than fucking dirty bastards who take a, a dirty buttery crowy knife and fuck it right into the jar of jam, no, just take a spoon, right, it takes you a matter of seconds, and spoon out a dollop in the middle, and then just work that around, spread it out there. Now, I'm a strawberry jam man, I'm a raspberry jam man, I've even been known to have enjoy a bit of black currant in my time. Um, if I'm pushing the uh, the accoutrement out further, I would definitely say you want to enjoy a little bit of um, marmalade on there as well. Uh, I don't think it can, I don't think it could hurt. Um, and the last question, butter or uh, 
before the jam or jam before the butter, it always has to be butter first. I, I don't know anybody who is putting jam on and then butter. I think that's a very difficult thing. Uh, I don't even know if that's physically possible to spread butter on top of jam. But I would go butter then jam. Always butter first. And to and I know there are some people out there, there may even be some of you listening, who will just put the spread on top of dry toast. You are fucking weird. And that's all I've got to say in that. You're fucking weirdos. Anybody who puts like jam or any kind of spread or marmalade, whatever it may be, on top of dry toast, you're a fucking weirdo. And you're one for watching. You're one for watching. If your partner, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your any family member, whatever, if they put any kind of spread on top of dry toast, eat it, and then tell you they enjoy it better that way, I would sleep with one eye open because there's a high chance that they have killed in the past and will kill again. Always butter first. Always butter first. Great question. Uh, Amy, it's my 30th birthday on Thursday. Happy birthday, Amy. We gave you a shower on Sunday, but happy birthday again. I hope you're having an amazing day. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sending your question in as well. Um, and Amy's also said, now you live in the countryside while you get guinea pigs. I'm desperate for guinea pigs. I'm desperate to get guinea pigs. I know it's strange. I know you look at me and you don't think, hey, do you know what a big man loves? Guinea pigs. But I do. They're, they're amazing. They're small dogs. Guinea pigs. You know? Obviously, the tour manager, love of my life, apple of my eye, my baby boy. But I really, at some point in my life, I want to get guinea pigs. I just don't know what to do with them. Because I don't feel as if I can have them outside. Because where I am, where I didn't realise at the time, but we're actually quite high. We're quite high above sea level. We may even be, and it might be the village next to us, but I think we might be Scotland's highest village. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but we're bloody high, let me tell you, because when the snow came the other day, fuck me, it came hard. And I I love animals far too much. I, uh, I've never understood people who like keep dogs outside. I think you're bastards. I can't even let my cat outside because you know he would, he's he's a mentalist, right? But I could. There's no way I could have the guinea pigs outside unless I built them like some fucking super story townhouse that had radiators and heating. I don't know. And then I'm worried if I have them in the house, where do I put them in the house? And I had a hamster before many years ago, and I tried to introduce him to, to the tour manager to Murphy, because in my head I thought it was going to be like some Disney story where they would become best pals and they'd go adventures together and, you know, I thought the hamster was going to climb on his back and he would kind of ride him around the house and they would sleep together and they were best pals and then in reality it was Murphy tried to eat him, you know, uh, and I had to rescue him twice for his mouth, so I'm concerned that <laughs> to have them near the dog or the cat even as well. I imagine the cat would have them up against the wall with a fucking flick made to his, his throat, so I don't know. Amy, Obviously, you're a, a, a guinea pig lover yourself. Uh, Amy's guinea pigs have got their own Instagram account, which you should all go and follow. Um, is it Fluffy Fluffy Dolls? Is that what they're called? Oh, Amy, I should know the name of this because it's a fucking great account. I love your guinea pigs. What are they called? Instagram. Is it Fluffy? Fluffy, no. Something Dolls? Is it? Am I, am I totally wrong here? Dolls. Dolls. No. I don't know. Oh! Duffy, Duffy Dolls, Duffy Dolls, it was close, Fluffy Dolls, it was close, Duffy Dolls, 
is the name Duffy Dot Dolls is the name of uh, Amy's Instagram account for her um, guinea pigs. So please go and follow them. Uh, aye. So you can tell me what's the best where, what's the best place to keep guinea pigs? Where do I keep them? I mean, I suppose I could put them. I've got a, this big double garage where I'm going to build the studio. Could I keep them in here? I still think that's too cold for them. I'm just worried that if they're in the house and they're just hanging about being cool, they're constantly going to be on edge in case the fucking cat and dog try to come and murder them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Right, let's wrap this one up. It's gone off on a tangent and it's now so cold in here that I, my, my coffee's gone cold and I really need to go and warm myself up. So, a couple of things to mention before we go. Um, hashtag live re- show. It's coming up 19th of December. I am also doing... Uh, another stand-up gig on the 30th of December at the Classic Grand in Glasgow. It is um, last gig of the year. It is titled One Last Laugh Before the Bells. It's just a night of comedy, a night of stand-up, some old stories, some new stories, uh, just a bit of fun. That odd week between Christmas and New Year when nobody really knows what's going on. Um, so we're doing it on the 30th, which I believe is a Thursday night. Uh, checking the calendar as we speak. It is. It's a Thursday night. Um, so please do come along to that um, it's going to be a great wee night we're going to be upstairs in the Classic Grand uh, lovely intimate little venue it's just having a wee laugh um, before the end of the year so go to the website bigscottgibson.com um, you can get live tickets on there you can also go to see tickets and get tickets on there just search Scott Gibson um, on see tickets and you will find it the, then we start a tour in January Um Tickets for that on the website as well. I can't remember the dates, but we'll read that out at another time. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it on your social media. Encourage people to listen. Let's try and grow the numbers into 2022. And if you haven't already, please do consider subscribing to the Patreon. It is the only way to get all of the content. Patreon.com forward slash Scott Gibson. That's it. I will, those of you who are rascals, I will talk to you all on Sunday. If not, I will speak to you all next week. If you get any topics or questions, send them in. And until then, stay safe, wash your hands, and your asshole. And I'll see you on a battlefield soon. Onwards. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns